the sports stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the sports dance. My name is Greg, and with me, as always, he looks like one of the people included on the Hollywood Forum Press for the Golden Globes. It's Paul, everybody. Paul, how you doing? Well, I don't know if that's a compliment, but I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I uh, Sometimes I'm afraid to show up places because maybe I haven't done the right thing. It's okay. You, you always do the right thing here. You just, you know, the Golden Globes were a train wreck, and well, you just look like one of the people that was involved with it. Luckily, you weren't. I don't think you can know two things about Hollywood or the foreign press. So I wanted to watch the beginning because Amy Poehler and uh, Tina Fey are pretty famous and sidekicks. I guess Usually they, pretty funny. They, they, I think they need to be within 3,000 miles of each other to do the show well. Um, the split Wait. screen thing. Oh, they were split uh, screen? I didn't no, they know that. Scream and screen, scream. They might have done that too. And my opinion, the highlight of the show was... Um, Jane Fonda, of all people, um, speaking about inclusion. And when, um, oh God, um, Bozeman, Patrick? Chadwick Bozeman's Chadwick wife. Chadwick Bozeman, his wife accepted the award for him. That was, that's the only part I saw. I clicked that on. A, that, was, that was all that was, I didn't know anybody else. I, I heard it was very much a trainer. One from the clips I saw, I thought it was weird. I know we're a sports show, but we're going to quickly talk about this. I thought it was weird that you saw who won and then like all the other Zoom nominees were still like shown throughout the acceptance speech. The speech, And that can be pretty. Well, I saw like Jason Sudeikis, who apparently was higher than a kite, uh, was rambling on and I forget who it was. Um, kind of like they cut to like showed him and he was kind of like going like, all right, let's wrap this up. Come on. You're going on a little too long. And they had playoff music that apparently nobody on the Zoom calls could hear playing, yeah, so they didn't know. Screen, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It was terrible. And then oh. as this thing on happened about a thousand times. Yeah, so. It didn't work. Not Maybe. great. Hey, did you ever think there would be a show that had more technical glitches and mistakes than us? You know, we're in good company. <laughs> Thank you, Golden Globes, for making us feel making us like... Look good. We're one pros. Of the yeah, one of the pros. <laughs> We're pros here. Um, speaking about professionals, Tiger Woods, as we talked about last week, we're going to get into the sports stuff now. Don't worry, people. Tiger Woods last week, we know, got into the crash. This week, it comes out. Little Black Box is being requested by the sheriff. But before we get into why the sheriff's asking for that Little Black Box, players did give a tribute to Tiger. So the first question I have is, did you like the tribute? And two... Do you think it was somewhat weird because he didn't die, but the way the tributes like kind of played out, it kind of felt like he died, even though he didn't. He's I know a it was a respect thing, man. but he has serious injuries, and they just say, "Hey, we're out here thinking about you." I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I liked it. And if he had died, maybe a a band, but to do the black and red would have been way too much. So. I think it was okay. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I liked it, but it just certain parts of it, like the, I forget what golf club it was, wrote in the sand, like get well, like can, like a tribute to him also. So there was parts of it that I was like, okay, this is done like well. And then there's other parts I was like, I feel like you're on the tip of he died, but he didn't. 
And as far as we know, he's stable. <laughs> you know what I thought about? Sister Act. I'm going to bring a Hollywood movie in. Joyful, take joyful. Take off your golf clothes. Take off your golf clothes. Put on these black pants and this red shirt. <laughs> yeah, everybody, every golfer that's coming in. <laughs> uh, could you imagine if that's how they did it? Like, guys, we're going to do a Tiger tribute. What are you talking about? Take off your clothes. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, I don't think that's the type of... No, no, not that. We're not getting into Tiger's past issue life. Had me nervous there. Put on the red shirt and pants. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> you know when you go Christmas shopping and you can't find one thing and it makes you crazy and you search the internet, you go to every store in America, pre-COVID, post-COVID, whatever, and you can't find it. They got black and black pants and a red shirt for every one of those golfers in a heartbeat. I guess that's what happens when you call Nike maybe. Is Nike his... Yeah. Uh, Nike clothes. is his clothing people. Um, but yes. Yeah, I would. So the tribute was good. Uh, just certain parts of it kind of felt like that weird borderline of is this more morbid feeling than not? But I like the players at least seem to have fun with their red and black pants and things like that. So that was fine. It was kind of the other extra parts of the different places doing the things in the sand and stuff. So I feel like you only ever see that when somebody passes away. Yeah. They could have just done with a with a clothing change. Or like a horrific, like life altering accident not granted his legs are pretty messed up but from what it sounds like he hopefully should make a recovery and maybe not (laughs) maybe not be who he was before but he should at least be able to get back out there at some point in his life and swing a club or two yep hopefully he wins one more masters one hopefully i mean that would be major then there would be a movie made (laughs) maybe and it would start probably with the car crash scene and the sheriff going, I want the little black box. But he did come out. Don't worry. He came out saying, we're just trying to determine if a crime was committed. If somebody is involved in a traffic collision, we've got to reconstruct the traffic collision. If there was any reckless driving, if somebody was on their cell phone or something like that, we determined if there was a crime. If there was no crime, we close out the case and it was a regular traffic collision. Black box data will show a vehicle speed, steering angle, acceleration and braking activity. There was no information regarding what was found in the Genesis SUV's black uh, box. And as far as getting a warrant or getting the download from the car, we just do it automatically. We want answers, so that's the route we take. So AK sounds like procedure. Yeah, I, that's, he seems to be pretty level-headed, the sheriff. So why this story somehow is like top, yeah, why the story is like top three on ESPN, I don't know. Not like he committed a felony. Well, you never know. If he was driving fast, or maybe he drove through a bank window and stole some money. Are you kidding me? He was speeding. <laughs> he was. No one else got hurt. Yeah. And that I guess that's, I think, the best thing about it. One, solo accident. Two, nobody got hurt. You want to talk about an accident that is life-altering. I, assistant coach. Assistant coach. Yeah, that didn't get to come to the uh, the uh, Super Bowl. Oh, Andy Reid's son. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, I need uh, more context, Paul. Let me give Andy Reid's name. That's okay. Yeah, no, I saw that that they uh, are pushing for bigger charges against him. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure 
some sort of something will happen with that. And once it does, we can always touch on it. But for right now, I think still too much is unknown and what the legality issues are going to be where he can be charged. If they did, they ever, I don't even know if they did a breathalyzer on him. I don't know if they did what it came back as. So. Yes, they did. Because I remember it was like four times. It was something off the hook. No, Johnny Damon's was. Oh, he was, he was. That's what Johnny, that's what it was. Johnny Damon. It came out recently that he was pulled over for a DUI and he had like a 0.3, which is like five times the legal limits. And she, she got arrested because she was defending him. I don't know. Talk about an idiot. <laughs> you have the world by the, you know, what's hire a driver, right? It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but since, you know, Johnny Damon drinking, driving got brought up, might as well talk about baseball. Uh, not much to talk about. Spring training's happening. You got a few things here and there, but nothing, nothing popping out yet. I mean, a lot of right now is just kind of first few games are being played. One, just nice to see guys on a baseball field playing baseball. Like it. I Hope love. Today is going to have fans. It is. I. Uh, it's weird to think that like fans are there, and I'm kind of jealous that they get to sit even with masks on in the outfield with a beer and a hot dog, and people aren't bumping into them. Yeah, games you've ever seen. It's it's got to be so comfortable for everybody, especially if like Fenway. You think about how tight those seats are. Oh, guys are gonna feel like they're kings. Even if there's nobody in front of you, your knees are still gonna be up under your chin. But that's all right. They won't be bumping into you, spilling their beer. But you can stick your legs over that chair, probably. I'm liking it. So I'm just liking- bring a bring a cushion and just put it on top of the seat in front of you, and you're good. They must have the smallest seats in the league. Oh, they do. Well, they have the oldest stadium. It's a hundred something years old. Yeah, I, I went to a game at Baltimore. It was like the Taj Mahal. <laughs> you even have to move your knees when somebody's going to the bathroom. They walk right by you. I'm like, this is crazy. This is amazing. I don't even have to worry about where my seats are because <laughs> in Fenway, you might buy the seat that's literally blocked by a pole and it says on the ticket, hey, you might be blocked by a pole. You can go online and say, oh, that's a nice pole. Yeah, it's a, it's really good. So <laughs> messed up when you think about it. Oh, but anyway, the baseball rule that the Red Sox actually themselves were the first to use of spring training. And I'm going to ask your opinion on it, Paul. Mercy rule. So it sounds like, you know, not a lot of runs are scored and they're just like, okay, stop it. But no, it's for pitcher sakes. Also still makes sense. The mercy rule is if a pitcher throws 20 plus pitches in an inning for spring training, you are allowed to put this rule into effect, which instantly ends the inning, no matter how many players are on base or outs there are. So you could have had a team that literally just has hit after hit after hit, run after run after run, no outs. Your guy hits 20 pitches, you go, end the inning, inning gets ended, like nothing ever happened. Do you like this rule? Obviously, it's only for spring training because imagine if they did that in regular season. That would, not, that would make no sense. It would be riots, but I think it's a good rule because it's spring training. And I'm, I'm watching the game as I work, and I hope no one's listening. Anyway. I'm watching the game. Half the players are mic'd up, right? They're going to talk to Alex Cora. They're going to talk to the outfielder. So the outfielder's mic'd up, and he's chatting. He's going to catch a ball. It goes over his head. It's a home run. He's back in the dugout. Hey, go over and ask the coach if he remembers person X. They went to college together. So they, they have him razzing the coach. And, of course, it's on TV, and the coach is completely knows what he's doing. Um, so they're having fun. It's spring training. Yeah. You're getting a look at the pitcher. You're getting a look at the second baseman. You're getting a look, a look at the most difficult position in baseball, shortstop. 
and they have it. So I don't get excited about that. It, what's it go in the record book? It means nothing. Yes. So I, I think it's fine. God. Yeah. No, I like it. I think it's especially good for starting pitchers because starting pitchers, what you want to see the most out of them is one, obviously, if they can get through an inning, that's great. One, two, three innings, especially, are always nice to see. But starting pitchers, you want to see them start off their inning. You want to see them from the windup. You don't want to see them in the stretch too much if you don't have to, because you want to kind of get them into that windup motion, getting ready for the regular season, because hopefully they're pitching well enough that they're in the windup more than from, uh, wow, I just forgot after I just said it. Um, uh, this is going to completely throw me off. So now I can't even think about it. They want to see them in the windup. They want to see them from the start uh, going forward. Wow. Words are escaping me. This is really bad, Paul. I'm usually really on top of my baseball game. Not right now. right now. Not right now. <laughs> but yes, they want to see them, you know, start an inning, get through it, all that type of thing. So I get that. Relief pitches doesn't really matter. You can throw in a new relief pitcher. But starters, they kind of want to see them get through an inning or two going through the motions, going through their warm-ups, all that type of thing, because it gets them prepared for the season. So, yeah, I like the rule. It makes sense. But I guess, like, if they start changing, making weird rules, I don't know. This is all you really need to see. You just need to see a guy throw 20 pitches. That's all they should be throwing. Do you want to be that guy, the first guy that got pulled up? No. I I was, like, confused when it happened when I was watching. I was like, what just happened? I think the Braves used it later on too themselves because an inning ended and it said there was only one out and all of a sudden like a guy struck out and they all start kind of like looking over to the dugout and start walking off the field and the announcers made no like point of it, but everybody's like, yep. And that's the end of the inning. And I was like, no, no, it's not. Huh? Cause I missed the first inning. I missed the part where the Red Sox did it. So I had no idea what was happening. That's a little weird. It is. It's different to see, but yeah, it's it's spring training. I don't get excited about that. Um, do they play nine innings or seven? Uh, I forget. I think it's nine. Might be seven. Who knows? So I haven't played close enough. Uh, There's rule changes for spring training this year. Garrett Richards was unhappy. Yes, but that was his. It was his own doing. You're having a bad inning. Hey, yeah. at least it wasn't 37 to nothing. Next inning was one, two, three for him. So I can't, he can't be that mad. So but, you can end the inning, but you don't have to take him out of the game. Yes. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, that's why they kind of, I think you can do it because if you want to see a guy throw 40 something pitches, you don't want to see him throw all 40 in one inning <laughs> yeah, from the stretch, the stretch, Paul, that's what it is. The stretch. I couldn't, it escaped me after I said it the first time and it came back to me, baby. And you do want to see them inning to inning because they got to sit on the bench. They got to get cold. They got to get it warm. You got to see what they're doing. I'm back on my game. You are on your game. I'm back on my game. What made you think of it? I don't know. (laughs) But speaking of, you know, mercy rules and having fun and just enjoying ourselves. Sometimes don't you just wish you could get the mercy rule when you're gambling some money? Because before we move on to NBA, I'm going to tell you about my bookie. Play ball. That's right. My bookie is the place you want to go to make all your bets for any sport, basketball, baseball, hockey. They've got it all covered. And my bookie will give you a great deal when you use promo code 12 ounce sports. That's all caps, no spaces, 12 ounce sports. When you enter that promo code, they will match your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. 
That is right. I said it. $1,000 on your first deposit when you use promo code 12onsports. Just go to mybookie.ag and sign up now. But again, use promo code 12onsports, 12OZsports, to get that first deposit match up to $1,000. What are you waiting for? Get it on the action, whether it's a quarter or $500 you're choosing. Go to mybookie.ag. Get in on the action now. Always remember, though, gamble responsibly. Play ball. That's right, Paul. Gamble responsibly and a team that needs to take a gamble in the trade market that we're going to talk about because they are struggling. Another Boston team, the Celtics. Good Lord. What is happening? I don't know. I, what's happening in basketball overall? Um, Lots of COVID. Both over the All-Star game. Um, nobody wants to be in it. No, but they're, they're all going to play. The makeup and you pick the team. and um, But the fun part of that? three-point plays, the dunk contest. I think that's anybody they care about because nobody's out there going to kill themselves. No. No, you're right. I mean, it is – we'll get into the All-Star game first, but I want to talk about the Celtics first, and then you just threw the All-Star game in my face. I'm sorry. It's it's just a feeling in general. The Celtics are a train wreck. The Celtics, Celtics have nobody underneath, nobody big. They don't have a big man that goes both ways, that's making plays both ways. They just don't. I mean, Daniel Tice is, I mean, decent. I don't get is, I feel like anytime they play Robert Williams, he's like a burst of energy. He gets tons of rebounds, put back points on the offensive board. But he's like their third center that they put in. They have a three-headed center monster, they call it. They have Daniel Tice, Tristan Thompson, and Robert Williams. And I don't get how Williams just let him let him run free. Let him try. Give him a few game run as starter. Give him the 30 plus minutes. Uh, Tice has been decent, but it's clearly not making a difference because the Celtics are struggling. They won yesterday against a Kawhi Leonard less Clippers team, but it still wasn't like an easy win. They still had to fight for it. And they have two all-stars. They have technically kind of three when you think about Kemba Walker, who has all-star player stuff. He was an all-star last year, but they have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who are both under 25 and all-stars this year. You hear that, you would think this team is a top three, four team in the East, and they are not. They are floating just above 500 now. Well, they got to do something to turn it around, and there's um, there's a young man on the bench in Cleveland, Andre Drummond, right? Yeah. He's on the bench because he doesn't want to get hurt. He doesn't. They're not going to play him until they can trade him. I hope to hell they're on the phone with the – um, Cavaliers saying, hey, we got a home for that boy. Yeah, I mean, Danny, dealer Danny, as they call him, which I don't even get at this point because he had trade assets out the wazoo. Bring him back wazoo again another week. Out the wazoo. He did nothing with them. Everybody's like, oh, they're going to use them to get Anthony Davis. Oh, they're going to use him to get this there. They're going to use him to get that guy. Never did anything with any of them. Now you got to give up some players. The Celtics, what makes no sense is, like I said, they have Tatum, they have Brown. But they also have eight guys who are on their rookie deal or second year only contracts that they try to figure out to put into the rotation. And a bunch of them don't do well in the rotation. Like they are a seven, eight player rotation team, which I mean, there are teams that are, but if you're going to do that, you got to be successful with those eight guys switching in and out. And they are not. You got to have a win in a W in the win column. If Jason Tatum has an off night, if Jalen Brown is not hitting three-pointers, like it is ugly. And an Andre Drummond 
type guy would be perfect. He gets, he can get 20 plus rebounds a game. He can put up 20 plus points a game. Frustrating like, when you don't make the shot and you don't get the rebound. Just frustrating. It's, it's just one of those things. I, I don't get it. Uh, people want to blame Brad Stevens, which I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, some blame has to go on the coach that they well, are they not performing. The GM, the GM's got to give them some talent. I mean, they have talent though. When you have, when you hear a team has Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Kemba Walker, that team should be winning. That team shouldn't be 500. They should be a pretty dominant team, especially offensively. And they just haven't been. They have had some big letdown games. The game a few weeks ago against the Pelicans, they had like a 25-point lead in the third quarter. They lost that game. Like, they have not looked pretty. And it is astounding for a team that's made it to the conference final three of the past four years. And they're killing the team in the media. I mean, Grant, every deservedly so. But, I, I mean, like you said, they got to make a move before the trade deadline. They got to get something either better rotational players on their bench to come in and keep momentum going when the off first team guys are taking a breather, but I don't know. I don't know what they can do to turn around. I think Andre Drummond could be the answer. I think even a Blake Griffin type, somebody, just somebody else. You can't lose a 25 point lead. No, you can't. But I think somebody changes scenery for a guy like Drummond or even Blake Griffin, who's not a center, but he's a power forward. He's older, but he has that tenacity and fire that he wants to be on a winning team that has a chance to make a playoff run because he's not getting that in Detroit. Everybody knows it. And I mean, I guess we'll see if Danny Ainge can come up with any sort of package to get something, anybody to give this team a spark because they need it. Is he even looking? I hope to God he is. You would hope he is. He's got. I mean, he's got to be hearing the talk, the chatter. If he's not the chatter, the chatter. But I mean, at least right now with the All Star Game festivities coming up, we know Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are headed to the All Star Game. And as you talked about before, the three point contest is one of the things that people kind of look forward to much more than the dunk contest now because the three point contest is star studded. You have Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, Devin Booker, among a bunch of other names highlighting that contest. Then when you go and look at the dunk contest, it's who's you have, it's you who. have Anthony Simmons from the Trailblazers, Cassius Stanley from the Pacers, and Obi Toppin from the Knicks. That's right. There are only three guys participating in the dunk contest, whereas the three-point contest has Booker, Brown, Curry, uh, Tatum, Donovan Mitchell from the Jazz, and Zach Levine from the Bulls, all top All-Stars. The three guys in the dunk contest, not one is an All-Star. And I'm pretty sure all of them are rookies or second-year players that get like 10 minutes a game, if that. You see the trick plays and the crazy dunks they do? Who the hell is going to let a key player go out and do that? I mean, they used to, like Blake Griffin did it. I mean, Dwight Howard used to do it. They used to have bigger names do it. And then over the past, I want to say five years, six years, it has become just like a, hey, does that rookie feel like doing it now? Okay. Uh, what about what about the water boy? Does the water boy want to do it? Can he dunk? Can the water boy dunk? What's his name? Bob? Can Bob dunk? Let's get, let's get Bob in the dunk contest. Hey, get out of that. Get out of that mascot suit. 
Come here. <laughs> Seriously, that's kind of what it comes to. I joked the other day when I heard Obi Toppin from the Knicks was going to be doing it because I said apparently he wants to get on the court so badly he has to do the dunk contest because that's the only way he's seeing any time on it. Really sad. So, I mean, it's just that was with the All-Star Game festivities what we're going to talk about. It's just one of those things. The only person I've ever wanted to see do a dunk contest was LeBron James. I get why he's never done it because he entered the league with so much hype. Everybody wanted to see him do it because Jordan did it. Kobe Bryant did it. They won. Like all you would need is for him not to win. And it's just something else for people to point at being like, Oh, you never could win the dunk contest. So why even do it? He doesn't need to. Doesn't he? Do, I mean, he doesn't need to, especially now, but there was a part of me in those first five or six years that I was kind of hoping he would. It would have been phenomenal. He was his cocky years, right? I mean, no, I mean, we, if you're referring to the Miami incident again, let it go. Just saying. Let it be, Paul, like the Beatles. I, I, I'm past it because I think he's a decent guy. I think he's he, he does a lot of good things. We can't play let it be because, you know, that would cost us a boatload of money. Yep. But just let it be. Or in the world of young children, let her be. Let her be. Let her be. <laughs> then besides that, Paul, besides the Celtics, besides the All-Star Games, you have a fun fact for us, NBA style. You haven't had a fun fact in a little bit. In fact, I do. What is it? So Nikola Jokic. The Joker. The Joker. 50 triple doubles. The only other player in history to do it. For centers. Yes, for centers. Wilt is still... It's a very big specific thing. You have to specify. So good for him, right? Yeah, that is an impressive thing. uh, Hit the 50. That is, for a center, That I mean, there's been always great passing big men, but as a center, to be considered a great passing big man, it's like you get like three or four assists a game. To get 10, 50 times... With also getting 10 rebounds and putting up 10 plus points, that's that's mm-hmm. impressive. You're in the game. Yeah. So, I mean, good for him. Uh, he's not a guy you look at. He makes me feel like I could play in the NBA sometimes. You look at him and you go, that guy is like one of the 10 best players in the NBA. How is that possible? <laughs> he looks like he just got off his shift at the Burger King and was like, uh, anybody want to Whopper? And they were like, hey, you, can you just throw on the uniform real quick and get in the game? <laughs> Pretty damn good. Yeah, machine. But he is. But so that's NBA. Last thing to talk about that we're going to touch on this week. Short show this week. We got a lot, we got a lot of stuff going. We got birthday prep that we're doing for your lovely wife. Yep. So we got all that going on. So short week. We've had a bunch of other things going on. I had to like go sit at an auto shop for like two hours today. Just just things out. Unexpected things coming up. So we're getting this in though because we love you, the fans. Gotta get and we out love there. Gotta do the show. And we love Gotta hearing ourselves. Out. I'm in love with you. You're in love with me. We're loving the show. We love all our families. Oh, sorry, I can't sing Barney. We might get fined for that too. Anyway, NFL talk. Yeah. Big news this week. The source being JJ Watt, who himself, after somebody made a fake Peloton page of JJ Watt saying he finally narrowed it down to Cleveland, Green Bay, and Buffalo by changing his bio on his peloton bike page came out literally like 30 minutes after that all blew up saying i don't even own a bike and then 10 minutes later posted a photo of him wearing an arizona cardinal shirt 
saying, I'm signing with the Cardinals, source me. Come to find out, he was in fact signing with the Cardinals. It was not a fake thing. He got a two-year, $31 million contract, $23 million of it guaranteed, which begs the question, for a guy that said he was looking first for a solid quarterback, a team with a Super Bowl winning chance, and then money was the third most important thing to him, do we think somehow that list was dyslexicated when it got written and was actually meant to say money is most important? Then Super Bowl contender and like quarterback could also be in there. Like that's cool. But clearly money being the most important thing because when you think about it, 31 million for two years, 23 million guarantee kind of seems like you want for the money when you just go to a division that has the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, who's always going to be a top one or two team in that division usually and the Rams just made a big move to get Matthew Stafford and it's assuming that the 49ers with being healthy could be back after making the Super Bowl only two years ago so it's all about the money you know me right follow the paycheck I get it Kyler Murray's good you're 42 three years old you get to pick and choose and it isn't about the money because you have more money than you know what to do with. But this clearly, you go to a, a third-ranked team. And you I mean, get they were a game out from the playoff last year. I get it. But it's a weird move. Like, I, I get it. The, I'm not saying the Cardinals are bad. They aren't. The, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, very talented offensive side of the ball. Their defense isn't bad. They have Chandler Jones to pair up with Watt, which – Maybe that was part of the selling point that you don't have to be the pass rusher. We have another guy who is just as scary on the defensive line as you are, that teams are also going to be trying to double team, which if they both try to double team both sides, you open up the middle completely for sacks. So like, maybe that's what the whole selling point was. Like you don't have to be the guy like he was in Houston, but he also came out saying like, I, I came here because of Kyler Murray. Like, I believe what he's doing. He's going to take that next step type thing. But Super Bowl playoff run potential, I just don't see it. Like, you're still battling through Packers. Who, who put that in his head? I, I mean, he put it in, in, in himself. He shocked the world. And he did. What he wanted to do and is going to collect a guaranteed 23 Million dollars, yeah. million dollars, and, and probably all 31 million. Now, maybe this is just us like being like not as high on the Cardinals as we should be. Maybe we're all going to get shocked, but it was just a surprising move. And then, of course, he goes, you find out the number 99 is retired there. Lo and behold, uh, I got to f- remember the guy's name. I have it written down here something gold, something Goldberg, Marshall Goldberg who was number 99 for the Cardinals back in like 1939. He was drafted, uh, had a great career, obviously great enough that he got his number retired, but his daughter came out basically saying my dad would be honored if he wore his number. So I give the Cardinals and you permission to unretire it and wear it, which I mean, very nice of her to do. Cause obviously once he's done playing, it'll just go back to being retired. But because also his number is not going to get retired in Arizona for being there for two years. His number is going to get retired in Houston. Like we all know this. So I guess it's nice because as we talked about last week with Carson Wentz's number 11, it's kind of funny when you think about it, Carson Wentz can't get a second year wide receiver who's only won the number 11 for a year to give up his number. 
J.J. Watt got an retired number to be unretired by a dead man's daughter for him to wear for two years. End of his career. So they have to go chisel it off the uh, stadium? I guess. I don't know. Like, how does that work? Like, do you just cover it up for two years? Like, do you leave it there? Hey, I'm wearing a retired number. I think that's what you do. I mean, everybody knows it's retired. That's kind of funny. It is. But yeah, so I... Well, I mean, the team's performance, but it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I do think one funny thing outside of him signing with the Cardinals is after he signed and everything, a unnamed former coach of his for the Texans came out saying that J.J. Watt is selfish. He's all about himself. He doesn't actually help the defensive side. He goes off and roams on his own and actually hurts us more than helps us and all that. So he's like, I'm kind of glad he's gone. One, do you believe this coach is being legit? Or two, do you just think he's being a big old sourpuss? Somewhere in the middle, but suck it up and be professional. Right? Or put your name on it. He didn't badmouth. He moved on. And then this coach comes out and does nonsense. I think if you're going to do that, put your name on it. Don't hide behind the unnamed source. Put your name on it. Be the guy that's like, yeah, I said it. Because if you're not... I'm not going to believe it as much. I, 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 no credence. And I've never liked the unnamed source when it comes to people talking about other players. Like if it's a player said this about X player and all that, if you're going to say it, put your name on it. If you're not going to shut your mouth. Said the Houston Astros. (laughs) (laughs) Or Houston, just not the Astros, but all right. But last thing. Or we'll get past the JJ Watt stuff. Like I said, we got stuff to do. So this week we're shortening things up a little bit. So we're a little faster paced than normal. Last thing we're going to talk about. Could I talk about Tom Brady talking about throwing the trophy again? I could. He was on James Corden. He said the only person that had any common sense when he threw that trophy after it felt like the right thing to do was his eight-year-old daughter saying, no, daddy, don't. Basically, very clearly, very clearly in the video saying, no, daddy, don't. Yeah which we can both agree. The only thing to really touch on is that just proves 100% that the eight-year-old was the only one not shmammered on those boats. Yeah, I think she should have been driving it. <laughs> <laughs> I did see him say that he didn't realize that he found out if it was not caught and it dropped into the water that it would have gone down 80 feet into the water, which so it wouldn't have been retrievable. And the Buccaneers did come out saying that if that pass went awry, they would have paid to replace it, which obviously... <laughs> wouldn't it be cheaper to get a diver? Uh, to find that 80 feet down, probably not. Plus, by the time you hire the diver, I would put money on it. There was somebody that saw that happen and went there after it happened and dove down to try to get it themselves. Yeah, people would end up drowning. Yes. I think they could have gotten that little submersible from the uh, Titanic. Titanic. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I bring Hollywood right back into sports. I know, right? It's just, it's just like, feels yeah, like a Golden right? Globe week. They do it with the awards, the uh, football, NFL player award so all the just, famous people just bringing everything in the world all into one it's very nice of you last thing we will touch on two moves that we definitely know the patriots will not make but it's nice for you as a fan of them to think that they might because it would benefit the team uh first one is kyle van noy former patriot linebacker who went and signed a four-year 51 million dollar deal with the dolphins last year was informed by them this week he's getting cut so he's heading out of Miami after only one year, which is very surprising. 
But that means a linebacker that is pretty talented is available, knows the Patriots system, did well in the Patriots system, probably isn't going to be seeking a ton of money because he's got at least $12 million guaranteed, I think, coming his way. Does Bill say, hey, come on back? Listen, if the guy can win games for you, bring him back. I think Bill's smart enough. If the guy's that talented and he wants to come back, he brings him back. And he was good in the community. He was good for the, he was good for the team. Yeah, I've, I've heard some fans uh, when it was talked about saying he's a loudmouth, egotistical type person. Aren't most football players to an extent? Like they all have something. And also he's a defensive player. If he wasn't a loudmouth, I'd be kind of concerned because I feel like on the defensive side, if you're not a trash talker, you're not a good defensive player. Yeah, but off the field, what a great guy. Watched him interviewed. It, it was amazing. Right. Um, great interview. And, and then it was clearly before he announced he was leaving. But then he was like, Oh, that bastard. <laughs> well, but like, but honestly, have you ever heard a person or a player be like, oh yeah, so-and-so, that defensive guy, quiet as a church mouth, doesn't say a thing, amazing. Like you just don't hear it. I feel like it's always like uh, Richard Sherman, such a great trash talker. And he also proves it on the field. Dale Rivas, Aaron Donald, like all these guys, it was like, they know how to talk the talk and walk the walk. I feel like if you're not walk, talking the talk, you're not walking the walk. Yeah, the game. So if you're quiet, I guess if you're quiet and you're destroying people, okay. But I, 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 hey, bring them back. I feel like if it you, rarely happens. If, if, and it'll never happen. But if Tom Brady came back, how many people would say no, 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 don't bring him back? Right. And, you know, it, it's bring the guy back. The other person I think the Patriots should go after, Kyle Rudolph, was let go by the Minnesota Vikings. He had ten years in Minnesota. Is he not standing offensive tight end? No. Is he about five times better than any tight end on the Patriot roster? Yes. Question is, one, I don't think he's going to be asking for tons of money, but also, do you think he's, one, willing to come to New England after seeing what happened last year? And two, do Patriot fans want him? Like, I mean, he's he's talented, but he's not, like, going to be bringing in Gronk or half of, like, Gronk. He's going to get you, like, 40 catches, 500 yards, and, like, four or five touchdowns. Uh, better than what we're doing now. We got nothing. This is true. I don't even know how many t- catches your tight ends ended up having last year. Wasn't Sad a lot. It is. Was it's not a lot. But yeah, so that that was really all I wanted to ask you. I think we had more interceptions than completed passes. You, well, Cam Newton had five touchdown passes, I think. I don't yeah. even know if it was that. I forget what it was. It was a low number. So, yeah, no, any offensive weapon that you can get that can help, I think you go for it. And Rudolph said in his little message to Minnesota fans after thanking them for the 10 years was, I still plan on continuing my career. I feel like I still got a lot to get a lot left to give. So we'll see where he ends up. But I do think Patriots should take a look at him because, well, we at least know we can catch a football. Bill doesn't really know how to draft guys that can do that. He plays ball in cold weather now. Good fit. Yeah, but don't forget, Minnesota's been in domes. There. Yeah. There. Yeah. Foxborough cold just isn't Minnesota cold, though, so. Do you ever wonder why they didn't foot the bill and build a dome? I uh, don't know. Doesn't Gillette make a lot of money? So you would think they had enough. I meaning Gillette, the shaving company, not Gillette, the stadium. Well, you pay the naming rights, but. Well, the naming rights are because the owner owns the team. Owns okay. Gillette. <laughs> Hello. 
foot the bill, Robert. It, it's a beautiful stadium, but it is. Own the damn thing in. Right, It'd be a lot, a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> I went to a game with my son in I think it was first week of December. I have never been so cold in my entire life. Had layers and layers of clothes on. Did not partake in the beverages that thin your blood. And I've never been so cold in my life. Horrifying. Doesn't need to be that way. No, it does not. But all right, Paul, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, like I said, quick show. We got things to do. We got birthday celebrations to enjoy. We'll, we'll be back next week. No. I, when, when are we airing the, when, when, when are we airing this? It comes out tomorrow. She, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, I was gonna say they, she knows I'm coming. Yeah, they already. She already knows that. She doesn't know about Mickey Mouse. No. Or no. Elmo. Oh wait, that's my kid's birthday. She doesn't know about the stripper, um, Alfonso. That's his name. So if a guy knocks on the door saying I'm Alfonso delivering UPS, you're like, oh yes, you are delivering a package, sir. Did you watch the movie? I'm glad you just glossed over that. The proposal. I'm going after that. Oh, okay. With Ryan Reynolds and... Watch it. I own it. My, I don't think I'm allowed to skip past it if it's ever on TV, even if it's like almost done. Well, what's who's my favorite actress? What's her name? Sandra Bullock. That's her. It's really anyway. sad if you ask me who your favorite actress is because you can't remember her name. Well, one of them. Top five. Anyway, she is great in that movie. Funny movie. And when you said stripper, that guy that does the wedding and he's the stripper he's a bartender he does everything he's like 87 jobs in the in the movie yeah the oscar end. from the office yes great movie it is just saying <laughs> just saying if you haven't seen it since it came out in like 2008 <laughs> you know what i don't like watching a i like red, how you brought hollywood really back into this red sox preseason spring training game just isn't the same as turning on a summer baseball game, right? And having baseball in the background because you don't have the names you're recognizing. You're not hearing the voices. And and they're all mic'd up and I don't know. Alex Cora, they said, Alex, the inning just ended. We got to go. <laughs> He's a talker. He is a talker. Just like we are. Just like you are. I just tried Very to wrap well up the show like that. five minutes ago and you started talking about the proposal. They interviewed Heim Bloom and he has a crush on Alex Cora. He loves him. Well, everybody, if if you take out what Alex Cora did in Houston, people love him. He owned it. He owned it. And he's back. He did. And I'm he glad he's back. So we'll see what happens with this team. It is fun to watch the newbies and the trades, and it'd be good. Yeah. But all right, Paul, we're going to wrap this up. Like I said, remember, look out for Alfonso. You should be showing up promptly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine a guy actually did show up named Alfonso and you're like, oh, I guess he wasn't kidding. And he's like, no, I'm really just actually here to deliver a package. We have a lot of deliveries here. <laughs> All right. Paul, it was good talking to you. I will see you shortly in this coming up few days. We will talk to everybody next week. Let's see who gets signed, who retires. Let's see all what happens. A lot going on. A lot going on. Paul, thank you again. Everybody else, don't forget to check out all the great shows. I'm 12 on sports. Like I always said, like and subscribe. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. You can basically find us. That is the Sports Dance. I am Greg, as with with me most of the time, basically all the time, is Paul. Stay safe. Have a good one.
The Sports Dance.